0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message.
1: My second prayer every day of my life I try to pray it before I get out of bed. My first prayer is, God, please, fill me with the Spirit of God. I try to pray that throughout the day many times. My second prayer before I try to, before my feet hit the floor, is, God, today, I'll either live or I'll die or I'll be raptured. Whatever one of those three it is, may I glorify you. I don't think I'm negative. For some reason, when I entered into the ministry in my life, I've always thought, will this be my last message? Will this be my last Sunday? As far as I know, I'm healthy. As far as I know, I'm going to live to torment you for many years to come. But the truth of the matter is none of us know. But Brother Bertram read that verse, verse 25. It's not my text. But when he read, shall see my face no more. I've had Bobby Robertson on my heart this week so much. His birthday would have been this past week. He was such a friend to me country, man, not educated. His dad, I believe, died at age 39, if I remember, a preacher. And uh, he had to come home from school, I believe it was eighth grade, never went back. That church grew in that little town of about three, four, five thousand four, 5,000 people to over 3,000, near 4,000 people a Sunday. It's in the midst of the tobacco fields. It's growing up somewhat around there, but it's still a little country town called Walkertown. North Carolina. Brother Bobby stayed there 61 years. Isaiah stayed in his ministry 62 years. Never had success, Isaiah, but he stayed faithful. I went to Bobby's funeral. The family and the church was so good and said, would you please come? I participated in that funeral. I can hear my friend Clarence Sexton speaking there and Tony Hudson and others. The hard, difficult time before the service was to walk in and see that casket. I preached so many revivals there. It's the only church I ever went to on Sunday other than my father-in-law's church. And it's the only place I ever preached revival. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I can remember him standing there so many times. At the invitation... Uh, I can remember him saying to the church, Bobby Robertson needs revival this week. He was the most humble, sweet, meek man. What a wonderful man. Country, took time for people. We go to restaurants all over that area for breakfast or lunch or dinner or something. He never. He said, Brother Treebert, these people in this area are so good to me, I wouldn't even have to carry a wallet in. He said, Watch. And people would come up and say, Brother Bobby, you led my dad to Christ. I'm over here, and to give another Baptist church. I'm a deacon over here. I go to church faithfully. I drive a bus over here. I'm paying for your meal today. We never had to pay. Someone paid for it all the time. He's such a sweet man. And then to see him in that casket, to realize his journey was over, it must have been hard knowing after his wife died that his journey was coming to a close. And look at those people and say, you're gonna see my face no more. Tonight, I'm not talking about me, you're not gonna see my face. But I'm talking about there's coming that day for all of us. You'll never teach another Sunday school class. You'll never drive the bus again. You'll never knock on the door again. You never sing in that great choir again or play an instrument. You never hold a baby in the nursery ever again. It will be your last moment. But Jim Keel, his mother, this platform is dedicated to her memory. She was young. But on 2019 October, on Monday, she went home to be with the Lord. But on Sunday, she sat in this nursery and held some of our grandbabies. We thought, and everyone thought, she was tremendously healthy. But the next morning, she was gone. Our life is but a vapor. And one day, our journey will be done and finished and over. We'll sing the last solo. We'll preach the last message. We'll win the last one in Jesus Christ down here, never to do it again. We'll step on the other shore. Tonight, this is the text, as Brother Bertram mentioned and prayed, Paul knew the time of my departure is at hand. But he gave us this thought in verse 24, but none of these things moved me, neither count up my life dear unto myself, so that it might finish my course. When your course that God gave you is over, you will be remembered for something. You're writing your funeral, funeral service right now. I have files on your life. Some of those files began the day you were born and i have created a file. We put things in there and your kindergarten graduation and your locks of hair that you cut, you gave it to pastor, said, here's some hair for you. And that's in some of the files and your 8th grade graduation, your 12th grade, your wedding license, what a, 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 a wedding uh, bulletin. And when someone in this church dies, the first thing I do is I go to their file folder. And I read about their testimony and their life and the things they've given to me and notes and letters and cards through the years. And I'll tell you, when I read that or when I have a wedding, I always go to the file. And I read the notes, pastor, went to senior uh, high school camp this week. God got a hold of my heart this week. I do want to put you at ease because some things in those files are very sacred between a pastor and a people. And if you leave this church, I immediately always shred the file. That's a hard, difficult thing for me. Some folks leave and they go to another church and they can do that. God leads them, that's up to them. But I'll never keep their file. I feel like that's sacred between, between member and pastor. I don't want anybody to see no, it's like, you'll always be my pastor. You're the only one for me. Uh, I just love our church. And then some folks, and so I want to put you at ease that will never be seen by anyone. It's just like my prayer journal. Brother Finera knows, because there's pages of backslidden people on there I'm praying for. That they'll come back to God, and he knows if I die, the first thing he does is go get my prayer journal. I hope you don't read it, but that's up to you. I won't be here, I'll put the trevor curse on you, but other than that, as <laughs> to shred that file. I don't want anybody to ever get a copy that he was praying for me. He thought I was backslidden. Well, so do you. Sometimes you think that. Our journey will be over. How will you be remembered? I recall a school teacher here. She is 55. She died of cancer, Julia Hudson. I pulled her file out. And I preached from her file. When my mother died, my dad died, I pulled their file out and their service was the things they'd written in there. My dad talked about in 1932, how mother and dad took him to Sunday school in a wagon, and a white horse was pulling the wagon that day. In October in the 1932, he trusted Jesus Christ as his personal savior. It comforted my heart so much. How will you be remembered? Off in a casket, or the front of this church, or in front of a funeral home, will tell what was important. It will be a jersey of the 49ers or the Raiders. And that might be what you're remembered for. I, I'm remembered for a, a, a sports. That was it. It might be that uh, you were remembered if you could do this uh, particular ladies, a shopping cart at Nordstrom's or Macy's. I don't know if they have them there. I doubt if they do. But that should be by your casket because you're known because uh, you shop all the time. And I don't know of any ladies that do that, but there must be some. Some will, should have their computer there because this is where I spend my time I spend two hours, three hours, four hours a day not work but just on Facebook and all that I do and keeping up with everybody in society and you cannot keep up with yourself. Someone will leave their bank account there and say this is my priority. This is what I want to be remembered for. I hope we don't have all trinkets over my casket but I'd like to have a Bible. I'd like to have a preaching Bible that I preach from. I'd like to have a bus, a small bus. I have them in my office, North Valley Baptist bus. I'd like to be remembered for the bus ministry. I'd like to have a globe on my, this thing's getting, gonna get full. I'd like to have a globe. He was remembered for worldwide missions and the passion that had to reach lost worldwide, sending missionaries out. I'd like to have something called um, North Valley Baptist School. For 42, three years now, uh, the school and the purpose of that school, I'd like to remember that that man and his wife, they started a school. I'd like to have Golden State Baptist College there. I'd like to have a microphone, knvbc.com radio. What will you be remembered for? Some of you godly men will be remembered as the ushers that came down these aisles week after week, after month, after month, after year, after year, after decade, after decade. Uh, you start in the old building, and you move to the tent, and you move to the gym, and you move to the auditorium, and you move to the next auditorium, and then we moved to two services, and we moved to this property. There you have man. And at your funeral, if you go first, I'll say he was an usher for God. He was such a happy guy. He met us at the door. He cared, took care of us, and, and what, a, what a great testimony. Something could be remembered, your bus route. I got on that route, someone's gonna say, I was a captain for five years, for 10 years, for 30 years, for 35, for 40, and I never thought about giving up till I finished my course. Some will be remembered that you have a Sunday school class, the clubhouse or whatever your class is called. And for year after year, after decade after decade, you've had that class. Some will be remembered because you've been in the choir and you've been faithful in the choir or the orchestra. Some will be remembered because you're a soul winner and you're passing tracks everywhere you go. Some tonight will be remembered for I worked in the housekeeping at the church. I worked in the maintenance of the church. I worked as a mechanic at the church. I worked in gardening at the church. I worked washing the buses at the house of God. Everybody leaves a what we call legacy. That's what Paul says here, that I might finish my course. Finish my course. About a week or two ago, it was Edward Bordell's anniversary of that near couple back there, their grandson, Ed Norma Bordell's son, he was 15 years of age, and I walk out to that cemetery, and I'll, I've told you this recently, it's been on my heart so much, as he passed away in August as a 15-year-old boy, on a Saturday, I went one day and saw him in the afternoon, and he said, Pastor, make sure this verse, Nahum 1-7, is on my marker. Make sure, I said, Edward, how would you ever even know the book of Nahum? He said, oh, pastor, it's been so real and good for me to read this book. He knew something about, I was a 15-year-old boy, about nearing the shore. And he knew, he knew. I cannot recall the entire conversation. But one day I could recall him talking to me just we were alone. And his parents allowed me to talk to him. And he said, I know I'm going. It's hard to hear a 15-year-old boy say that. And it's difficult to watch parents as that little boy, 15 years of old age, passed away and they held him so very close. He ran his course had he put all of his course in 15 years. Little Jeremiah down here, he put all of his course in, in five years of his life. The skirt is Precious grandson, I want you to know that we all today are leaving something behind. We stopped by my parents' markers last week. We were down towards Santa Maria. And I saw that marker. And so many thoughts filled my mind while I was there just cleaning the top of that. So many thoughts filled my mind how my dad and my mother put in their life a legacy. They finished their race. I wanna say several things quickly and I'll be done. We build our own legacy. Not the church, not the school, not the ministry. We build it. Well, I tell you, no one's fair to me. No, you're building it, you're a grump. want to hang over your casket, Mr. Grump, Mrs. Grump. And we blame everybody. Blame our job, blame our wife, blame our kids, blame our parents. We blame everybody. It's their fault. It's this country's fault. This country's not been good to me. I tell you why I go to have some funerals from time to time, and sometimes it's the one right next door, or sometimes it's the one that I'm burying, and I see an American flag draped on that. Brother Carl Harder, Lieutenant Colonel, if you go before I go, I hope you have an American flag. You bleed America. And how you've served this country and our our space program, all you've done for America after you retired from the military and went as a ranking officer into the space program. And what you did out of the Cape for us that man, he, he bleeds for 30, almost 30 years. He's been teaching as a layman a class right next to the old Clyde Avenue, the senior citizens in that nursing home. It's his life. I think of so many things, his wife, his family, his children, his grandchildren. I tell you, he's building something and it's his job to do it. Stop thinking, well, nobody's fair to me. Secondly, I wanna say, someone's always trying to stop you to build a good testimony and a good legacy. Galatians 5, 7, ye did run well, who hath hindered thee? We have several pastors here tonight through this auditorium that are on our staff in the various ministries. How often we watch people that started well you did did well, you dearthed for a while, and you got on the bus ministry, you got in the Sunday school, you got in the choir, you got in the amen, you got shouting hallelujah, you knocked on doors, but there's people scattered all over this area, and all over California, all over the United States, and yay, around the world, they start well, but someone hindered them. As a pastor, I'm always watching We come, you just watch it. We sing the first song, I'm I'm going through the auditorium, watching not only where people are missing, but now where they're sitting. When they used to sit one place and now they're sitting another, it scares me. Something's going on. When I see them always talking to the same people, that frightens me. A whole world, a whole auditorium here of people. I'd guess eight to 10,000 people here tonight. And uh, there's, there's a great crowd here to talk to. You don't talk to the same people. That scares me to death. That always, always. Look, I hate to bring age into it, but I'm old. I'm a lot older than you, many of you. Well, not Brother Petro, Good night. I just saw him. I could wear a hairpiece like that too. Filipinos don't lose their hair, and Filipino women don't get gray hair because they die daily. (laughs) I'm quoting the Filipino women when they said that to me. It scares me, you preachers. I'm looking everywhere, it, it frightens me when I see folks it just, They just, you know, it's, college is going to open up here in a few days and God is going to send us the choices The choice. They're going to be amazing. But we don't put a sign around a kid and say, rebel, rebels find rebels. And it doesn't take long. They just find them. As you know that today there's someone that's trying to hurt your race. There's someone trying to trip you up. And yes, I know it's the devil, and it may be ourselves, but there's always someone. You did run well. Who hath hindered thee? Who's getting you out of the race? Who is it? What is it? I see, thirdly, you can never quit. That I might finish my course with joy. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy, the time of my departure's at hand. I've fought a good fight, I've kept the faith, I've finished my course. Henceforth there's laid up for me a cry, I've finished my course. Finish your course. Longevity in anything nowadays, it seems like it's something from the past in the history books, it ought to be today. We ought to say, God called me to do something with my life and I'm gonna stay a lifetime and do it for his glory. Don't quit. Paul said that in 2 Timothy 4 and two verses later, he says, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Well, pastor in the same church for so many years, such a thrill but I can tell you what's gonna happen when you start to think that Wednesday night's no longer important. That Sunday night's no longer important. I can see what's happening when you don't think Sunday school's important. I can see what's happening when we raise our kids and we, God gives them into us in the nursery and the school and the elementary and the junior high and the high school and sometimes college and we, we stay there and we're faithful and we're dead. And then I watch, when you feel like you've raised your kids, I watch people lay out of church. I've been here a long time, folks, I've seen it. I've talked to a lot of preachers in America and say, why is that happening? because somebody has hindered you and somebody, something has caused you to quit. Don't quit your class. Don't quit your boss. Well, God just let me know, God did not lead you to quit your boss. Next time you believe that, you, you go up and down the streets of where that boss runs during the week sometime. And you go up those streets and you look And those little bicycles and those skates and those basketballs and those kids. And you go up and down the streets and you see boys and girls that have known a bus captain picking them up to the house of God and realize the bus is not coming anymore because I quit. Shame on you. I'm not thinking that. Well, it's so hard today. There's a world that's still hungry. I find that there's a hunger. I saw a fellow this afternoon and he stopped me and he said, hey, hey, you're Pastor Trever, aren't you? He said, I'm, and he gave me how old he may be here tonight. And he said, I remember coming there years ago to your place, North Valley Baptist Church. They're everywhere. I'd say number number four, don't leave emptiness behind. My Bible says, lay not up for yourselves treasure on earth, but lay treasures in heaven. Amen. Perhaps you're one of these people, and I'm not trying to be rude to anyone. You're what they're called or labeled a hoarder. I see it all the time. You do too. I see cars that are just so weighted down. The trunk is weighted down, and the springs in the back and the shocks are it just weighted down and you look inside sometimes i could take you to a few places right now i know where they are and they're loaded down with newspapers and they're loaded down with with, with stuffed toys and they're loaded down with wrappers and they are just loaded down and people hoard those things people are saying that my my, my casket's gonna say i'm a hoarder I save. I led a man and his wife to Christ years ago. They're buried out here in Oak Hill. I remember baptizing them, but I remember knocking on their door. It was, a, it was a, I think, a Tuesday morning. I was outdoor knocking, and I, I said, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm going to go one more street. And I started door one, nobody, door two, nobody, door three, nobody, door four. and I said, I'm going to go one more door, door, and I'm done. No one's home. And I knocked on the door in the open and they opened said come on in. And I'll never forget that door. So I walked in. There was no living room furniture. They had newspapers. And there was a little little path that you went through and you wound through the house. Newspapers everywhere. Floor to ceiling newspapers. McCracken, Ms. McCracken, you live in such a beautiful neighborhood. It wasn't that far from where you folks live. Thank God you never lived that way. Your house is immaculate. I remember talking to them. We sat down at a table in the kitchen. It was just, it was loaded. People, papers everywhere. Things everywhere. What a day that, they trusted Christ and they began to come to church and were very faithful. Never went back in the house. I don't know what ever happened to all those papers. But they laid to the rest over here in Oak Hill. You know, you're going to either hoard things or you're going to lay it up in heaven. Amen. Some of you bus workers today, God bless you, laid up treasures in heaven with those people that got saved on both properties. Many of God's people... Laid up some labor. All of God's people tied to. They laid up treasures in heaven. One day this whole entire thing's gonna be over. And when it's over, you will have run your race and finished your race. I've said for years, we find God's will for our life. We fulfill God's will for our life. We finish God's will for our life. And that's where we are tonight. I'm coming to you. Will you finish what you started tonight? I'm looking for bus workers. They're coming and going all the time. Some going out in the ministry. I know all that. Some moving here, moving there. But tonight we need about another 10 or 15 or 20. Brother Luke Fudge, a tremendous bus director. His heart is in this. He prays. He studies. He prepares. He has things for you. He's done everything he can. This church gave you over a million dollars worth of buses. We need some people to help and say, I am willing to take an area and knock on the doors and win that area and put them on a bus and bring them to the house of God so that every bus, every seat might be filled. Amen. So bus works DC. I'm coming back in it. I'm in it. I'm in it. Some Sunday school teachers came to say, I'm in this thing. There are too many that are looking for a different course. I was preaching on Friday night in Indiana. And I was meeting people before the church, and God gave us such a great night with our graduate brother Stephen Russ. There's new property, new buildings, just breathtaking. Huge! It's just amazing all the parking, the school building is built, a beautiful auditorium, the cafeteria, the dining facility, everything that God's given to them. We had friends that, from our radio and alumni and students from Golden State, from Kentucky and Indiana and Illinois and Iowa and Kansas and North Carolina, and they came. It was just like a big reunion, and not planned. It just said on the radio, "We're going to be there." As I preached that night, before I preached that evening, I was walking around shaking hands with people, and I met a couple. I could not tell you what their faces looked like if they came in the room right now. But he said, my name is Brother Tucker. And I never said anything, but my heart was overflowing when he said Brother Tucker. For it was Jim Tucker that took me into his life and Donna Tucker. When I went to the Berean Baptist Church as a kid in Rockford, Illinois, he was country the way he talked. He was from the South, they'd pushed on up to work in the factories. And Jim and Donna Tucker, they're both with the Lord now. They took me in, they fed me meals every night. I was working for my father-in-law, $25 a week. Now, I got raises. I, when I got married, he raised me to 65 a week. And my father-in-law, if you're watching right now, you were cheap. You owe me money. And I hope that if you go first, you have a big will. I doubt it, we'll probably have to pay the expenses. I told that to a college kid last year. I said, I'd like to adopt you, make you one of my sons. I'll put you in the will. He says, no thanks. I'll probably have to pay for the funeral. I don't want to be your son. (laughs) I was just trying to get some more people to help pay things off. When they said, Tucker, you know, Jim Tucker, he put his life into me. He gave me a piece of plywood right before I got married out of his garage. He said, Brother Jack, there's oil on it, but you sand it down. And I bought some tables, legs at the giant they were on sale for 15 cents apiece. And I built my wife a, living, a, a, a kitchen table. That was Jim Tucker that did me, did that for me. I know that seems little. He cared for me. I'd lay out under those buses and work on those buses in the snow. And he said, oh, Brother Jack, you don't do it that way. And he gave me cardboard. And said, you always lay on something like this, son. It's too cold laying out there on that snow like that. He fed me. His wife fed me Donna, country cook. They're so good to me. Is someone going to say at your funeral? That was a good person.
0: Thank you for listening to the Audio Preaching Podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us,